myth, magic, medicine, and everything in between. Two doctors talking. Welcome to Myth, Magic, Medicine. Today, my guest is Dr. Judy Wright, who graduated from SUNY, did family medicine residency at St. Joseph's, and then worked at Mount Sinai and Richmond Community Health before moving out of clinical medicine to continue advocating for equitable access to healthcare and food allergy education. Welcome, Judy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. My That's pleasure. Why don't you, why don't we back up a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. Did you, did you get involved in advocacy when you were still working as a clinician? Did it start there and that's why you moved out? Or? So I would, um, I, I, I would say I'm, I was always an advocate. It, you know, I always consider myself a health advocate. Um, I was a sociology major when I was in college. So it, for me, it was always going back into the community and, really helping people in communities such as what I grew up in because if sometimes it becomes a trust factor when they see someone that looks like them understands you know collectively some of the background you can get them to talk more you can help them more and as a family physician I'm totally body mind you know I, no, I want everything the everything specialty social. exactly <laughs> You know, um, to understand you to help you the best way I can. So I've always seen myself as an, an advocate. Yeah. Good. All right. So what made you first interested in food allergies? So um, you've told I me a little say, bit, but it's for the for the listeners. Just back it up a bit. <laughs> I would say that it was my children that made me really interested in being an advocate for food allergies. But my children brought back some of my own stuff because I also had some food allergies, not as many as they did, <laughs> as they do, but I also had food allergies um, that I didn't even realize till I was 15 uh, that, years old. That was what I was going to ask. Did you realize yeah. you had them? Because a lot of the no. symptoms are very sensitive. Right. I, I, I knew I had eczema. Mm-hmm. That I knew. I knew I had regular seasonal allergies. I knew I had eczema. Um, I didn't have to try it out. I didn't have any asthma, but what I didn't realize is that I had food allergies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until I turned 15 and two weekends in a row, we had class trips, one to the ice skating rink and one to the bowling alley. And both times I got frozen pizza and both times I broke out severely by the next day, just welts everywhere i'm itching like crazy i'm even scratching under my feet and you know you can't get that itch at all (laughs) right and then probably two days the second time it happened because now it's going to happen faster right the second time it happened the second weekend in a row two days later my lips blew up to three times the size and my mom took me to the emergency room so it it, kind of that's when i started to find out that i had food allergies Okay, this might be a little bit out of order, but since the title of my podcast is Myth, Magic, and Medicine, I think there's a little bit of myth about all allergies, actually, that to be allergic doesn't mean full-blown anaphylactic. There's a whole range of things. Can you speak a little bit about the kinds of things that you might see with children, in particular babies? absolutely. Um, Sometimes it's a mere... They itch a little bit. Like, you know, the skin feels a little itchy. They feel a little uncomfortable, but that's it. 
Mm-hmm. For some of them, they get itchy and they get a rash. And if they even have eczema, it may really become, you know, aggravated. That may, you know, because cause that eczema to be exacerbated. Um, and it could be as simple as that. And people could go on like that, like I did for years. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a scratchy throat, but n- nothing else. Not a anaphylaxis, just your throat or under your tongue. gets a mm-hmm. little itch. Um, and, or, or it can, you, you can start to go on where you're just, you, the breakout, something starts to swell, but it's not an actual anaphylactic reaction. And then sometimes it can become where your throat swells up, your tongue swells up. Now suddenly you can't breathe, you know, and a lot of people think, well, that's what it is. No, it's not always that. Yeah. It can be, but, it can be but moment. of course it could always become that. Which is why it I think yeah, why the epipens are so important, regardless of whether you've actually had a, a yes. full time. Yes, and you could have an algae that's an, just not an itch, or even a breakout for years, and then suddenly one day, just like that, mm-hmm. you have an anaphylactic reaction. It also can go in the other direction. Like I was allergic to to um, melons. Mm-hmm. Um that I realized as a teenager and I stopped eating them. And then about, I don't know, about seven or so years ago, my husband was eating a watermelon. It was a hot day. And I was like, that looks good. Good, I just want to try it. (laughs) And I did and nothing, (laughs) like no itch, nothing. So sometimes if, if it's long enough, you might grow out of it, but you should be prepared yeah, yeah. You said somebody else has got EpiPen handy in case you exactly. can start. Yeah, do this under the advice of your physician. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was really finding out that your kids had issues that was the the clincher. That was what brought you yeah. into Yeah. I mean, isn't that always the way? We'll advocate for our kids harder than we do. Oh, absolutely. Right? And and so that that's what it became. And like my my mother she took it she took it seriously right off the bat because Mm -hmm. that was me right (laughs) but um some other people you had to really get them to try to understand no this is not just oh you know we're making a big deal this is not no no this is real stuff here um and even with restaurants I, i i'll tell you one thing i went to one of the pizza chains, I will not mention the name. I went to one of the pizza chains in our town. Um, and actually we called it in and my husband was on his way from work. So he picked it up and he didn't look. And he got here and I opened it up and it was a pizza with cheese. I never get pizza with cheese. They can't have the dairy. I always get the gluten-free, no cheese, bacon. And I called them and... Mm-hmm. um. They, you know, they're like, but we have it here. I said, no, you gave me the wrong thing. And so they asked me to bring it back, which was upsetting because I, I never went to get it in the first place. My husband did. So <laughs> I brought it back and I was explaining to the manager what happened. And a couple of the people that make the pizza in the back started to giggle. Well, the back is open so I could see everything. And I was like, is something funny? And I gave them an entire, just as calm as could be lecture on the seriousness of food allergies. Mm-hmm. And they all were standing there like, 
just a ton, and, and the manager said, thank you so much. I'm, we, we, I'm so sorry. We will make sure that this, I said, it doesn't even have to be my kids. It could be anybody. Right. And for any reason, when somebody tells you they don't want something on there, make sure you don't have it yeah, on there. You it's, know. You're, not, you're not asking a pizza shop to not serve cheese. You're just saying, please make sure it doesn't get on my kids' pizza. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't go there anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I felt it was, I could have easily just gotten, he had it ready for me. I felt the need to educate, not just mm -hmm. for my children, but for other people. You know, you may think it's not a big deal, but it can be a really big deal. I think a bigger issue, because you can always choose not to go to a particular yeah. shop. What about schools? I have always made the lunches for my children mm -hmm. without being good. They actually have them at a separate table, which I know some people are like, oh, I don't, because I've seen it. Oh, I don't want my child to be separated. And I get it. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you, you rather your child be safe? The way I look at it is that's just an opportunity for my children to interact with other children that are not even in their class. Yeah. So now they have more people to interact with, right? Because they're at a table that is an allergen-free table. You and know, it allows um, the other kids to be respectful of that because they don't go to, was it you or was it you? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's good. Did the did the school ban any particular? Uh, there there was certainly a big push recently. My kids haven't been in school for a long time; they're old. <laughs> but uh, for a while, you know, no peanuts. <laughs> but there are so many things that you can be allergic to. Certainly, peanuts is very common. But right. there are so many things you can't ban everything. You can't. You have to and, teach and the so child. I say that too. You can't yeah. ban everything. I mean, you know, uh, they talk about the top eight. Uh, food allergens, but there's an emerging ninth, you know, so in the emerging ninth is sesame, which by the way, my oh. son just, my son just got diagnosed now with a sesame allergy, like in the last month and a half, right? So, so it's just, that's the emerging ninth top mm -hmm. food allergen. You can't ban everything. Would you I mean, mind? Yes, sure. Would you, would you mind just listing those eight for the listeners? L let me see. It doesn't have uh, so to be my, in order, but like so my children there. have <laughs> my children have like five of them. So wheat, eggs, dairy, fish, shellfish, peanuts, and tree nuts. Because a lot of people don't realize that peanuts right. and tree nuts are nuts. Are yeah. <laughs> are, you know, peanuts are not they're, they're legumes, right? So they're not even nuts. Um, and I'm missing one. What is the one? Gluten, I'm maybe. Because gluten is separate from uh, people tend to think, oh, you're gluten, you're gluten. Right. No, I'm allergic to wheat. I can take gluten from rye. I can take it from barley, but I can't take it from wheat. So you can't take it from wheat. I, I think it's something else. But if I remember it, uh, I'll I'll let you know. And then oh, the shellfish. Well, you've got shellfish. Strawberries used to be pretty high on the list. I think that was quite it used, common. It used to be. I remember it. I'll, I'll tell you. But yeah. but the emerging ninth is 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 sesame. Um, the the biggest problem are the things that sneak into stuff. So the the, the dairy stuff tends soy. to be in things. Soy, soy is soy. Soy. <laughs> yeah, how do we get soy? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's in a lot of things, and especially it's you know, it's like this sugar. It yes, and it's things it doesn't need to be in, but it's in there like sugar and salt. <laughs> it's just <laughs> used in the seasonings. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, you know, just um, 
it's it's you can't you can't ban everything. It's it's in it's in things and then there's cross reactivities to different, you know, you could mm-hmm. have a dairy algae and some people with dairy algae also have a cross reactivity to soy. So it's right. um, you know and, and gluten and quinoa, which doesn't have gl- but it's similar, yeah. Exactly. And 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 as I said, those are just the top mm-hmm. eight nine. There are other things that people become allergic to. So you can't ban everything. Ours, you cannot have nuts and peanuts, mm-hmm. right? Because most most of the food, the, the biggest food allergy in the world is peanuts, right? Like that's the biggest, right? But um, you cannot, you can't have nuts and peanuts in, in our thing. And actually our, our school system in my town, at this point, you know like how you used to be able to, for uh, Halloween or for um, Valentine's Day, you can oh, make your own friends <laughs> and stuff. Little baggies. No, the baggies can have pencils, little tiny pads, like non-edibles. They don't even like really want that stuff. So there's no bringing birthday cakes, none of mm-hmm. that stuff. The, the, we they don't do that. So yeah, kind of sad, but I think. Speaking as, as the parent who had other children over to my house and I had to keep track of who had what, the, the really important thing is for the child, it's her, him or herself, to be educated as to look out for themselves. Obviously, that can start as a baby, but by the time they hit school, they've got to look out for themselves. Oh, and, and my son, once he got it, he, he was well-versed. Like, <laughs> he would tell anybody, they're like, there's no way we're going to mess him up. He will tell anybody all of his food allergies and he knew them probably within a month of the diagnosis he was just like on it mm-hmm. um and the other thing is like you said it's 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 hard for other people to remember sometimes so i was mm-hmm. always very diligent like i wa- i didn't want him to for lack of saying for lack of another way of saying it, i didn't want him to be a burden to anybody else so for instance what i mean is let's say somebody's having a birthday party and they invited him. I wanted them to feel comfortable inviting him. Sure. I would send him with something to eat. A, a vegan, wheat-free cupcake from this wonderful vegan bakery in another town away from me. Um, so that when they're cutting and eating cake, he had a he cupcake. He can be part of it, yeah. Give yeah. me part of it, you know. And, and I think the majority of, of hostesses, usually women, um, w- would want that, or or you know, want want the information. It's just if you've got twenty kids in your house, you, you remember which one's got what name. Never mind which allergy is. <laughs> it's pretty difficult, yeah. and it's a learning curve. It is a learning curve, and I feel like my son learned it a lot easier than my daughter. And what I attribute that to is. Before she became really bad, we had her diagnosed. But with him, he knew what it felt like. He knew the discomfort. He knew all of that. So it's like, I don't want to be like that anymore. You know, so he became very well versed in what his allergies were. Looking at this, do you have anything to say about schools in regard to having their EpiPens available to kids? There was now way back in the day when I was practicing in emergency medicine and pediatrics, uh, we had schools that you can have an EpiPen, but it has to be locked up in the school nurses 
office, which wasn't terribly useful if there was a, a crisis. Um, has that has that improved? It's for for us. It's still in the nurse's office, but I will say this: my my um, sister lives in another state, and my sister lives in New York, actually. And so she's a school nurse, and she actually, I actually helped her put together something to teach the teachers how to give the EpiPen because so, they actually came to her and asked her about it because they mm -hmm. wanted the EpiPens in the classroom when the child was in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and she still could come and administer it. But if for some reason, say another child came into the right. asthma attack, the teacher needs to know what to do. Yeah. And so, um, and so because of that, and I, I helped to put together this entire presentation that she didn't really want to have to give, but I'm like, no, this is a good thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and she, and she gave it and she taught the teachers how to use an EpiPen. And I thought that was wonderful, you know, to be able to say, okay, it's going to be there just in case anything happens. You know, the teacher actually brings it with them during recess, things of that nature. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So has it restricted your kids in their social lives? Do you get nervous if they go to them? I don't know how old your children are. I don't think they're old enough to be going off to the mall by themselves and other place where Not danger might lurk. <laughs> Not yet, but I will. So, the, so I will say this. My son became very well versed, but my son is getting older. Mm -hmm. and older children can rebel mm -hmm. <laughs> so now he's on the if there's something he sees my daughter eating well, he's of course, just like which is That's the other not thing <laughs> not everybody has this not everybody in a family will have the same allergy right which can make it complicated they share most of the same ones they share most of the same allergies but he has an allergy to wheat she does not Okay. And so there are certain certain dishes. So she can, she can have cup. You can have cupcakes that aren't made by. They have to be vegan. She, she can have a vegan cupcake, but it can have wheat in it. Yeah. Um, and so we have certain cultural dishes um, that he remembers eating as a kid that he can no longer have, and he's just like, "That's not fair," mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And then he sees other things that I may be eating, and he's just like, "That's not fair." So he's like, he's beginning to be a little rebellious about it like one day I went and I saw the top like a top the, like the, you know the peak of a cupcake or like the peak of a muffin mm -hmm. it was gone and it was just myself and my children in the house and she's like I didn't do that and my daughter's yeah. like I didn't do that so I had to call my son and he's like yes I was curious to how it tastes I'm like you can't you can't, you can't do that and then I didn't even know that you did it so you could be somewhere having a reaction mm -hmm. you know um and so, yeah. And of course, you know, although he remembers some of the symptoms, it with time these things do fade. So he's yes. going to need to. Yeah. yeah. Will yeah. you? Do you think you'll advise him to get retested in a while to see what else he might be able to reintroduce? So actually, um, they just got tested again about two months ago, mm -hmm. and that he. He, that's when he was diagnosed with a sesame allergy. On oh, top. he added one instead. Okay. <laughs> they added one, but they did say that it looks like his egg allergy may have gone down. So they want me to start doing stuff with baked eggs. Like, you know, like 
cupcakes with baked eggs. Actually, mm -hmm. both of them, their egg allergy is way down. So okay. they want me to start. I'm a little apprehensive. Yeah. But they judiciously start with like things that you bake that has right. eggs in it. So yeah, they did add one for him and added one for her that's completely divergent off the cuff. And I was like, what? What do you mean? She can't have peaches, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know. And you live in Jersey, where do they grow them? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's it's give and take. And, and so if we, we'll probably test them again in another year. Okay. Yeah. So what what do you do outside of advocating for your own children what kind of work in advocacy for for other kids obviously through your sister because she's got a school full of kids she's talking about but so um my thing is that i like to i advocate for people to advocate for themselves i educate people to advocate for themselves i always say that you're, if you see your physician or if you see a nurse practitioner or whoever you see, you see them for a point in time. Some mm -hmm. of us only see our physicians once a year. Some of us don't even see them that often, right? And appointments for, are shorter and shorter. So. Exactly. It's short. So you see them for a point in time, but you're with yourself 24 hours a day. So I ask people to really get aware of their own bodies so that if something doesn't feel right, right off the bat, and we shouldn't ignore that. I also educate people to become more health literate. Don't, don't, you know, try to understand certain things that are going on. And if you're speaking to your doctor and it sounds like a whole nother language to you, stop them. Mm -hmm. Ask them what it means. I, 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 I think people get, they become really nervous and about doing those things, they, they, it, you know, it's hard for them. You mm -hmm. know, they get shy about it. They feel like I, I, who am I to question the doctor? And I still see that going on, which is shocking to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because people seem so rude. It's shocking to me that people still um, have problems asking their physicians, what is it that that means? Can you, can you explain to me in a way that I understand it? And mm -hmm. if they don't do that, they're not really, they're not helping themselves. No. And they're certainly not helping the physician because when they don't understand, they're not going to give this physician the answer that the physician can understand to best help them. Mm -hmm. Right? So I want them to feel comfortable in questioning things, question um, symptoms that you have, question diagnoses that you get, question the physician themselves, and if you don't feel comfortable with them, get a, a physician you feel comfortable with. Not, I'm not saying that's the easiest thing, mm -hmm. but there are ways to do that, to get references, to get, you know, just, just it's, it's very important to me because I feel like, especially with the health disparities that we see in this country and the health inequity that we see in this country, there's a lot of people being left behind. And I truly feel that this is one of the inalienable rights that you get good health care in this country. And health care in this country is expensive, but it doesn't mean you don't have a right to it. Yeah. And so that, that's very big for me. I like to speak in a way that people can understand. And even when I was a senior resident, I used to tell the you know, junior residents, why are you writing the, the uh, discharge instructions 
like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the symbols for two tabs and then two tabs PO. What is sake? Yeah. <laughs> writing that for exactly. <laughs> How are they supposed to understand that? Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm very big on educating on that. And um, in fact, as the co-host of Queens on Call podcast, I'm the co-host with two other women who are nurses. Um, that's our goal is to mm-hmm. educate people, but but make it fun and talk about talk about it using words that people can understand. We're not here to talk over people's heads or be the smartest people in the room. That's not our goal because we want you to understand what's going on and understand how to advocate for yourself and your children, which mm-hmm. falls right back into my whole thing with the food allergies as well. <laughs> so. so hopefully, I, although everybody is welcome to be listening to this, hopefully we have a larger um, percentage of physicians listening. How would you advise a physician who doesn't know that much about food allergies to increase their knowledge? So it's funny, you can learn a lot from your patients themselves um, about what's going on, but they have one, look, I'm a physician who walks into something when it comes to my children, I said early on, mm-hmm. I don't want to be my children's doctor. Yeah. I want to be their be. mother. <laughs> you know, um, so please do not pay attention to the MD after my name when I come in with my kids. I need you to explain everything to me. Um, and there's a wonderful uh, website uh, named FAIR, which is um, Food Allergy Research and Education, mm-hmm. has wonderful information on there about food allergies and understanding food allergies. And as you and I were talking about how allergens can be in things you don't even think allergens are in, or even when you're looking at the ingredients, I'll give you an example. You can see eggs. You can see egg whites. You probably say to yourself, that makes sense. That's still egg. You can Mm. see lecithin and not realize that might actually have come from. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, um, all kinds of wonderful things. And I think that allergists, uh, a printout she had from FAIR is one of the first things that she gave to me Mm -hmm. when we came back to see her. Um, so that, that I would say do do that first. Um, obviously, there are other publications and things that you can look at, but it first thing I would do is is go to fair and and understand how best to help um, your your patients, or if you think somebody has some. some well, food. that's that's really what I'm thinking. It's not so much. Yeah. Hi, I have a food allergy. No, it's right. hi, I've got this funny sort of thing that happens here, and it, it, and it's it takes a lot of teasing out. So it, it has to be it, somewhere in your mind has to be in that link. It, it absolutely it. does. And a lot of times you look at other things first. Um, you you will look at other things that um, you may do run other tests, and then you say, you know what, a, a history is a, a, a great thing, and that's why mm-hmm. I tell patients be honest. Because if you can get a good history, and it may not be the first go, it may be the second go, it may be the third go, it may be you said, here's a journal. Every time this happens, I want you to write it down, write down the date, write down what was happening before that. And, and what happened for half a day before and what happened, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, I know people, sometimes they get impatient, but sometimes it really takes teasing out and several visits 
for someone to figure out what is going on. And it may mm -hmm. even take them, if they don't think they are figuring it out right, they may refer you to a specialist, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, those Good. that would be the best way to go. Good, thank you. Anything else you wanna say? Um, you say I, anything you like <laughs> and change your mind afterwards. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, for me, it's just about really, uh, really paying attention to your own health. We have to be, honestly, our own physicians to a certain extent because we are with ourselves 24-7. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know a lot of people, we're so busy with our lives and we go about our day and we ignore things too. We ignore pain and we ignore stuff that's happening. I really, really want people to pay attention to what's going on with them, going on with their loved ones, especially the loved ones who cannot talk for themselves. You know, I'm, I'm in what they call the sandwich generation, you mm -hmm. know, older parents, very young children, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it's very important to me to advocate for everybody involved, not just because I'm a physician and I want people to know that you don't have to be a healthcare worker to be able to advocate for yourself. Yeah. If I could say anything, that's what you need to know. You have what it takes to advocate for yourself. You do not need to be a healthcare worker to do it. Good. Thank you. And of course, food is medicine. So just make sure food you get the right, the right medicine <laughs> for you. So, some of us are eating too much of the medicine, but yes, food is medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all working on that. I think COVID did a bit of a number on us. Yeah. Nowhere near as much exercise as usual. <laughs> Absolutely. So, thank you very much, Judy. It was extremely nice thank getting you. to know you a bit better, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh, uh, before you go, uh, could mm -hmm. you just clearly say the name of your podcast? It'll definitely be in the show notes, but... Yes, the name of the podcast is Queens on Call, mm -hmm. um, and it's in the major place that people listen to podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, um, it, it's there, so... It's usually where people, wherever people listen to their podcast, they can find it. How long have you been doing that? We started playing around with it in 2020, and we get more into it every year. We get a little bit more serious. Okay, now we need to do more marketing. Now we need to do this. So, yeah. How, how often do you release a new episode? Um, usually every week, like every Monday is usually mm -hmm. when we do that we release one. It's not, one's not going to be released this Monday because life happens, but it's usually every Monday. Okay, good. Yeah. So people can look for one soon. And do yeah. you have any other ways that people might wish to contact you for yeah. educational purposes or just to say <laughs> hi? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I they can just to say hi. We have a one Queens on Call, um, Queens on Call on Instagram mm -hmm. and also I can be found at Dr. Underscore Judy Underscore Wright on Instagram as well. Great. Thank you very much. It was lovely Thank getting you. to know you some more. And I will talk to you in the near future. Same. Thanks, Denise. Bye now. Thank you for joining us at Myth Magic Medicine. If you have found this episode useful, you can apply for free CME credit through the link provided in the transcript. If you're not a medical professional, please remember... While we're physicians, we're not your physicians. So please consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you have heard might apply to you or a loved one. 
Until next time, bye-bye.